to uh, just make note on the prophetic conference, we are going to be having child care during that. So bring your kids because they'll have their own thing going on as well. So nursery and kids uh, programs are going to be provided throughout the conference. Come to that. It's going to be great. Also, I want to invite you to Wednesday night services. If you have uh, not come to any of our Wednesday night services and like to get deeper into the Word of God, that's what we do on, on Wednesday nights. We, uh, we just dig deeper. And um, we, uh, we basically walk through the scriptures, a, 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 scripture, a verse at a time, verse by verse. We just started in the book of Ephesians just this past Wednesday, came out of the, the whole book of Galatians, and wow, what a great time, what a great experience we had in that book. And um, <clears throat> last year, we went entirely through the book of Proverbs that way. It was great. So uh, we just dealt, jumped into the book of Ephesians, and so I want to invite all of you, if you don't know that we do have a Wednesday night uh, Bible study here, we do it, and uh, we have great worship. We have kids programs provided also on Wednesday nights, but, but bring your Bibles and bring your notes and all kinds of stuff where you can, we just, we really jump into it and go deep. Is that all right? Yeah. So I just want to invite you to that. Um, also, well, I'll just take your Bibles and turn to the book of Matthew this morning. Turn to the book of Matthew. I want to, I want to just say that what an incredible uh, privilege it is to pastor this great church. And the more I get to know so many of you, the more honored I, I feel being your pastor and being called here to One Cause Church in this community. And I'm very excited about the days ahead. I do want to let you know that we did have a board meeting this past week where we had a unanimous vote that we are in the middle, and I, I want your prayers on this. Our 12 acres, it looks like we are about to sell. Praise God. So I, got, I received a letter of intent, yes, two days ago. And once we approve the letter of intent, then we go into a contract, and, uh, and then in just a few months, they have some time with, that's called feasibility period, but once that's done, by about four months from now, we should have our property sold and go into purchasing this property. So that is a huge praise the Lord. Yeah, why don't we just thank God for that? Very excited, and um, I thank God for our board who walked by faith and uh, who, who look forward to the future of our church and, and, and get behind the vision of what God's doing here. And uh, all of you, I just really appreciate your prayers during this time. We just need the wisdom of God more and more and um, the, the boldness to take those steps as he calls us to do it. Amen? Yeah. So uh, um, anyway, very exciting times. And just, just even this week, just on Friday when I went to uh, <clears throat> the hospital with Tim and Rachel, um, and we, uh, we said goodbye to little Jace. Uh, I, I was I was amazed. I'm amazed at the grace of God. I'm amazed at the peace of God that that can do what man can't do. And um, I watched Rachel lift her hands to the Lord there after delivering a dead child, who they've been waiting for, waiting for. The baby before him went to heaven too. And just. There are no words for that moment. There's, a, there's nothing we could come up with. Just, I watched that woman raise her hands to God and start singing. For you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. Only God can make that happen. 
And so we all just worship God together. And we start talking about Jace being in heaven with his eyes full of Jesus and refusing to come back to us. We tried to get him back. We wanted him here. But apparently he wanted to be with Jesus more than he wanted to be here. You know, there's revealed knowledge and there's knowledge that is withheld. We have revealed knowledge from God. And so we go with what has been revealed to us. We don't understand everything. I, I'm not going to try to try to make sense of that. All I'm going to do is just give them the Word of God. That's all we can do in moments like that. But I watched a couple stand there with this tragedy and lift their hands to God and talk about what a good God we serve and, and bless Him, not blame Him, bless Him during this time because God is worthy to be praised and God is the one who brings life and that more abundantly. Amen. I don't believe God took the child contrary to foolish preaching. But I do believe he received him. Yes. Amen. I don't believe God kills people. Not, not since Jesus. No. Now he used to. Boy, he used to get mad and just knock people out. He did. One time he killed everybody except eight people in a boat. Right? Thank God for Jesus. Jesus said, you've seen the Father, you've seen me. Hey, there's a new day here. And I, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came. So you might have life and that more abundantly. Hallelujah. I'm glad to be on this side of Jesus instead of that other side. Not wondering, not knowing, not having a mediator, but praise God, now we have the man Christ Jesus seated at the right hand of the throne of God to ensure that good things come into our life. And no matter what does happen, no matter what contrary circumstances arise, ladies and gentlemen, God can still be trusted. He's still on the throne, and he is able to make all things work together for good to those who love God and are the call according to his purpose. I don't know how he does it, but he is able to do that. And if we'll just lift our hands and sing about our miracle work in God, regardless of what we're seeing, regardless of what we're experiencing, understand that God is God and He's going to be God at the end of the day. He's going to be God at the end of our life. Hallelujah. And He's going to take us from this earth on into heaven and forever and ever unfold the riches of His grace to us. Someday we'll, ha we'll understand everything. I was talking to Miss Nancy. Right now we don't understand everything, but we see through a glass darkly, and sometimes it's hard to understand. That's why we just have to rely on what the Word of God has given to us. But there is someday that, that there will be knowledge revealed to us, and I have a feeling it's going to be a tremendous, wonderful knowledge. And I'm glad to serve a God that I can trust. I don't have to know all the answers. He knows all the answers. I just have to trust Him. Amen? Can I get a real good amen there? Matthew chapter 12, verse 25. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. Now, we're talking about the family. Last week we jumped into this. We're in part two today, but I want you to see this. As the house goes, so goes the city. As the city goes, so goes the nation. As the nation goes, so goes the kingdom. It all starts with the family. I am uh, not really all that concerned about Washington, D.C. as near as much as I'm concerned about the homes in my city. Because what goes on here really determines where this country is going. Amen. That's where, that's where we got to focus. On the home, on the family. Because it all starts there. And the Bible says that when it's divided against itself, it will not stand. 
today I want to talk to you about things that divide you in the home and then how to overcome those divisions. Is that all right? Amen. See, listen, God wants you, God, God is, God's knowledge is a progressive knowledge. The Word of God teaches us that, that where there is no vision, the people perish, right, or for lack of knowledge. Well, that vision in the original means where there is no progressive vision. See, God's vision is always progressing. God is, God is a builder. God is an increaser. God is a multiplier, right? He's able to make all grace abound to you so that you have all sufficiency in all things and you abound unto every good work. I mean, he is an abundant, super abounding, more than enough kind of God. And, the, and, and as much as you want from him, he has a supply for you. Yeah. But ladies and gentlemen, he has a life for us to live. And there are levels that we go to in life. Just like when you're in school, you learn certain ways. You learn one plus one before you got over to trigonometry, right? You had to learn the basics of math. Because if you didn't learn that, then you could not go to that next level in math. And God will let you. He'll let you. It's your choice to stay right where you are spiritually. You can stay right there at that level for the rest of your life. He's not going to promote you, though until you submit to him. Submit to God. The Bible says when you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, he will exalt you, right? And I have, I have a feeling I might be in some good company today. Some of you have been frustrated in your relationship with God. It's like something needs to break through. It's just kind of just the same old, ugh. check yourself. It ain't God because God's moving. God's growing. Somewhere along the way, maybe you disobeyed him. Maybe he spoke and you just didn't do what he told you to do. You didn't submit. You resisted what he had to say. And he wanted to bring you up, but you chose to stay right there. And he let you. He's not going to force you. Amen? But if you want to graduate, if you want to move up to the things of God, you've got to be willing to humble yourself under his opinion. Amen? Humble yourself under his word and say, God, your word stands no matter what. I'm going to trust your word. Your word is the source of my life. It's the standard I choose to live by. Amen. And I've told you this before and I'll continue to tell you this. Christianity 101, Christian maturity 101 starts when you stop arguing with God. Just stop arguing. Your life will go in a lot better direction if you'll just stop arguing with him. Can I get a good amen? Now, especially when it comes to your family, God has a way for our families to grow and to increase. You have to be, it's one thing to disagree, but it's another thing to just be disagreeable. All right? And God will not, God cannot uh, uh, help you when you're just disagreeable. All right? You have to set yourself in a place where you're willing to learn. You're, willing to, you're pliable. You're, you're, you, your heart is soft to the things of God and what He wants for your life. Amen? Can I, can I, talk to you this morning, because listen to me, I'm going to, I'm going to, I was telling the other service, now we can go light and fluffy this morning, or or can I get into your life a little bit? Can I get into your life a little bit today? All right, all right. Now, the Bible says, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest, right? Jesus destroyed the works of the devil, but yet the devil roams about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he, seeking whom he what? May devour. May means he needs permission. Seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for opportunity. Will you let me in? Will you, let, will you, will you listen to what I'm saying? Will you believe what I'm saying to you? Right? And we, 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 we say, yes, you may, or no, you may not. 
But he's looking for that opportunity to devour. He has one purpose in mind, to destroy. He wants your family destroyed. He wants you divided. He wants you torn apart. Because he can get the family torn apart, then he can get the nation torn apart. Amen. Amen. Now, and we see that today. We see that today. The same statistic in the world concerning divorce is in the church. Same statistic. 50%. Sometimes uh, it depends on what year. Depends on what president's in office. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, 50%. Uh, divorce rate because there's so much division. Amen. That was a good amen. That baby crying out at that injustice, isn't it? Divided. Listen to this word. Jesus said divided. It means disunited by discord and strife. Ladies and gentlemen, we cannot have the luxury of strife in our lives. All right? You cannot just say whatever you want to. It's this this emotional candy that will ultimately destroy you. James 3.16 says, For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So there are sources of contentions and strife and, 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 and divisions and discord. And one of those things being, you might write this down, gossips. Yeah. Gossips. That is one of these sources. Did you hear what she said? Did you hear what he said? Did you hear what they did? Did you hear what he did? You want to see how gossip's working? Let's get on Facebook for a little bit. Gossip 101 right there. All right? And what's funny about Facebook, it kind of cracks me up. Now, I'm not here to pick on anybody who does. Yeah, you need to be picked on. You're an adult. You need to get over this. We sent the kids out of here. We're going to talk to the big guys right quick. All right, big people. This is big people church. We talk about big people stuff. Stuff like, why do people always say this? And somebody goes, what's wrong, honey? Right? And then it just starts. Comment after comment after comment after comment. They know who they're talking about, Right? Oh, it's, it's, it's a horrific disease, this gossip that will destroy people. Hey, listen, gentlemen, I ain't going to let you off the hook that easy. It ain't just women that are gossips, right? Some of you have earned your black belt in it. You're good at it. That is good preaching. Thank you, Pastor Everett. So, but the problem is, and this is why I wanted to ask you if, if I could just get into your business a little bit, because the gossips might be in your home. You might be, it might even be your own mother. Or your spouse, somebody with the same last name, just feeding this information, right? And you're going to have to come to the place where you say, I'm not listening to that. You're not going to talk about my husband like that. You're not going to talk about my wife like that. I'm not going to be a recipient of that resource, of that information. I'm, I don't do that. You know, my dad taught me years ago. He said, son, every time you hear something, always remember there's more information for the situation. There's more information for the situation. You heard one side of it. That's why, that's why I cannot do marriage counseling with just one side. Right? Because I'm telling you, man, they can be very convincing. Until you hear the other one, you go, oh, 
That's why you're, oh, you are a jerk, right? But you hear, you hear both sides. I have to have both of them there because there are always two sides, right? Always two sides to it. That's why we cannot just allow that kind of stuff to just come through us. We get little bits and pieces of information and just act like everybody needs to hear it. Write this down. Write down THINK. We're going to do an acronym for THINK. Hey, it's all right if Christians think. I encourage it. THINK. T. When, when you're tempted to gossip, is it true? Is it true? H. Is it helpful? I. Is it inspiring? N, is it necessary? K, is it kind? And if it fails the think test, shut your mouth. All right? Have you heard of the terrible family they and the dreadful venomous things they say? Why half the gossip under the sun, if you trace it back, you will find begun in that wretched house of they. The second source of contentions and strife and discord are people that love contention. People that they live for people fighting. Right? They'll lie to get something going. Right? They like the chaos. They gotta they gotta they just gotta see stuff going on, right? So that's why they'll take something, something that shouldn't even be on the radar. Right? Some small, minute thing, and then and they'll blow it up to this, this mountainous level, right? And act like it's the worst thing in the world. This is TV today, ladies and gentlemen. It is. I mean, it's on there all the time. Everything is blown so out of proportion all the time. It's maddening. It's at this heightened level all the time. It's the worst thing. It's the greatest thing. All, it's just... Like kids. Are everybody's kids today brilliant? Everybody's kids are, are supposed, are, apparently, they're all brilliant now. When I was a kid, that wasn't the case. We had dumb kids when I was growing up. They're just brilliant, right? He's reading at a fifth grade level. He's in second grade. I don't care. I don't flipping care. If he could fly over my house, I might care about something like that. I don't care if he can do that. Just making, we just, people that, that I've got to read this. This is awesome. Years ago, there was a large statue of Christ. It was, it was erected high in the Andes. The, 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 uh, it's called Christ of the Andes between uh, Chile and Argentina at the border there. And it symbolized a pledge between these two countries that as long as that statue stands, there will be peace between Chile and Argentina. Well, after a while, Chile got upset because they got the back of Jesus. They didn't think that was right, that Argentina got the face and they got the backside, right? So this stuff started stirring up, contention started rising until a local newspaper man kind of chilled everybody out and said, apparently the Argentinians need uh, him to look, watch over them more than he does us. (laughs) It diffused everything. Listen, you're going to have opportunities. You're going to have opportunities. You're going to have opportunities. Uh-huh. Yeah. Je- you know, as a matter of fact, Jesus said, 
It's impossible that offenses should uh, it's impossible that offenses won't come. It's impossible, but woe through whom they come. Now listen, you're going to have the chance to be offended. It's coming to you. It's coming to your house. That's what Jesus said. But just don't let it go through you. Amen. You can either let it come to you and just say, nope, you're not welcome here. Shut the door. But contention will allow you to let it through you. Now, last thing here on, on, on what, what causes this, and the Bible teaches us this, that fools create discord. Fools are the ones who create this. This is not the way of the wise. Fools create it. We have to protect our family. Listen to Proverbs eleven twenty nine. He who troubles his own house will inherit the wind. And the fool will be a servant to the wise of heart. Listen to the Living Bible version. The fool who provokes his family to anger and resentment will finally have nothing worthwhile left. He shall be the servant of a wiser man. So don't want to do things to provoke this kind of stuff in your home. Matter of fact, it says, fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Amen? Don't create that kind of stuff. That's the way of fools. Gossips, people that love contention, fools promoting discord. That's that's not welcome in our homes, ladies and gentlemen. We're the people of God. We have a different way to live. Yeah. Amen. Now, let me finish, or let me get into this for, I'm, I'm just, just the next few minutes. I'm going to go kind of quick. Is that okay? Yeah. You know, I ever heard a pastor say that. All right, verse, verse one. Number one, train yourself to overlook petty faults in your spouse and in your children. And if you don't think you do that, you might take an inventory of yourself. Check yourself on that one. Train yourself to overlook the petty faults in your spouse and in your children. Yes. Nobody's perfect. Amen. Not even you, oh great one. Amen? Amen. Listen. Uh, there's all kinds of emotional energy that's spent on things that really don't matter. And, and, and when a major issue does arise, then, then all hell breaks loose. People don't know how to handle that because they make everything the big issue, right? Amen. Heather and I, we learned to stop fighting over everything, right? And if we are discussing a certain thing, stay on that subject until we finish that subject, right? I mean, have you found, you've been married long enough to know that when, if you get off subject, chaos starts ensuing, right? As soon as you get off the issue and start going out to, to, to what happened before, and then it goes out further, and it's like this atom bomb, right? And before long, you're calling each other names, and you're saying, I never should have married you, right? Instead of, uh, let's just fix this argument, right? Listen to me. Use your head. Use your, we, we've had to just, we've learned to control, still learning too. I'm not saying we've arrived. I'm just saying these are the things that we've learned up at this point to control our emotions by using our brains, Thinking in a moment like that, that we've come to an agreement, hey, honey, you know what? No matter how mad we get at each other, let's talk this thing out, all right? We, ultimately, good is what we want here in our relationship. Ultimately, we want a happy, fulfilled marriage. So we have to come to the resolve that we're going to help each other along the way and say, we've got to stay on subject. Is this helping? Is this taking us to the right place or is this destroying what we're trying to do? Can we be grown up enough to act like this? Hmm? Don't look at them. Overlook those pain. Because listen to me, you're going to have battles along the way. Just choose them wisely. 
pick the little stuff. Let the little stuff go. Love covers a multitude of sins. Hey, how many faults did God overlook for you? Amen. Amen. A soft answer turns away wrath. As I told the earlier service, when the heat is on and the screaming starts, one of you two are going to have to act like a Christian. Amen. Amen. A soft answer turns away. Not yelling back. Not running off. Right? Not ignoring the other person, but a soft answer. The Bible gives us instruction. It gives us a way to overcome this garbage that's coming into our lives. It's trying to get into our lives. Amen? Amen. Listen, if you don't let the Word of God have entrance at some point here, then peace is a long way off, and it might not ever be realized in your life. Got to let the Word of God be the source of your relationship. Now listen, number two, ask yourself, is this really worth getting upset about? They're really worth getting upset about. Is it really worth this trouble? Because here's the thing. You know, people get married, and, and, and you, you just see it happen. People get married. They have kids. They get into their jobs. Before long, this husband and wife relationship begins to suffer because they, they're not spending the time together that they used to because they're busy, right? And you've got all kinds of things going on. You've got soccer practice. You've got ballet. You've got all <sighs> these poor kids today. They're exhausted, right? You feel like that you're not going to have the... <laughs> We've just exalted our kids so much. They're just worn out going from this event to that event, that event. God forbid Johnny would just chill, right? But you get so busy doing all this stuff, then the, the real relationship, the core, the foundation begins to suffer. And that's when you have to back up and say, okay, what are we doing here? What are we building here? And how long are we building for? Because if you're not first, if I've allowed a child to come up in front of you, then I've done you and myself a great disservice here. I've not given us a chance. If I allow my career to come up between me and you, then I've done ourselves a great service. Matter of fact, I'm not doing it God's way. And therefore, I don't have the blessing of God on it. I've not allowed him entrance. Right? Some of you are really not liking what I'm telling you, but I'm telling you the truth. I'm not here to... For as a politician trying to get your vote, I'm here to give you the word of God. You can like it or not like it. I don't care. I'm here to just give you the truth. You exalt your children, you exalt anything else up between you and your wife besides Jesus, then you're, it will fail. It will come tumbling down because the family is only as strong as the husband and wife. Thank you, Pastor Eric. You're welcome. Listen, and communi- communicating with one another is communicating to one another, not at each other. Amen. Amen. You can yell and scream all day and act like you're communicating, uh-huh. right? Communicate. Communicating, a great part of communicating is just hearing and listening. Yeah. That's why you have two ears and one mouth, like the old saying goes. So you do twice as much listening as you do speaking, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Be quick to listen slow to speak, therefore slow to wrath. Truth is, if you really hear them out, if you really hear them out, rather than think that you need to say something, that really will deal with the anger part, which we're going to talk about in just a minute. You'll, you'll diffuse that anger by making that statement right there. You'll diffuse it if you'll be a listener. Be a listener. Be a listener. 
And I'm telling you, I don't know how many times I've said, one of my jobs as a pastor is counseling. I don't know how that got into the job title description, but it did. Anyway, uh, but I mean, I, I, enjoy, I, enjoy, I enjoy being with people. I enjoy listening. I've had to learn that listening really is an art, though. It's something that you have to learn to do because we love to hear ourselves speak. We love it. We don't, I mean, we, nobody loves the sound of our voice except like us, you know, like we do. I mean, we just love it. But I learned that listening does a lot of good for people. Yeah. I don't know how many times I've sat and listened to people talk, and they'll talk and talk and talk and talk. And they'll talk, oh, man, they'll tell me their problem. They'll tell me, and they go, boy, I feel better. Thanks, Pastor. They go, You're welcome. Didn't say a word to them. So I just talk for an hour, hour and a half. Just talk. Yeah. People just need to be heard. And you, you'll find out in your relationship, it'll go so much smoother if you'll be a listener before you'll be a speaker. Yeah. Don't wait for them to get done so you can wait for them to take a breath so you can interject and get your part out, right? That's not communicating. That's talking at each other, not to each other. You ha- what you have to fight about is time together. Making sure that you're spending time together. And if you're too busy to do that, then you need to change your schedule. Amen. I'm here to tell you, I'm here to help you today. If you're too busy to spend time with each other, then you're too busy. Uh-huh. And you're, you're flipped upside down and you're heading down a wrong path. Amen. Amen. Number three. Never allow anger to gain dominance in your relationship. Hey, anger's a good thing. God gave us anger. Yeah, it is a good thing. But it's got to be done right. You've got to be angry about the right kinds of things. Right? I mean, it's good to be angry. I'm glad that there were a few men years ago that got angry at taxation without representation by that maniac named King George. And so they decided we're going to start a new world called the United States of America. Thank God. They got angry. And good things happen when people get angry about the right kinds of things. Right? Jesus got angry. Took time to make a whip. (laughs) Right? He didn't just go nuts into the temple. He sat down and calculated what he was going to do. Weaved a whip and walked in there and started kicking rear end and taking names throwing tables over, and he had a righteous anger about the house of God, about the things that Good things happen when people get angry the right way. There's a scripture that says, be angry. Let's look at it. Bring that up, Mimo. Be angry. Or Derek. Uh, Sorry. By the way, Derek is starting our prophetic conference that Sunday night, June 3rd. I am really excited about that. Except he shaved his prophet beard off. Hopefully you grow that thing back out, man. All right. Look, look at this. Be angry. Be angry and do not sin. How in the world do you do that? Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Next verse. Nor give place to what? To who? Nor give place to the devil. Now, when I was growing up, this meant... Make sure you get all your fighting done before sundown. Anybody heard that? My grandmother used to teach me that. My grandmother used to teach me that. 
Now you make sure you make up with your brother, because me and my brother fall all the time. We go, you make sure you make up for that sun going. That's what the Bible teaches. All right, well, what if we start fighting after dark? Then what, Grandma? Then you got to fight all the way, all through the next day before the sun goes down the next day, I guess. No, it's, that, that's actually not a bad principle to go to bed with things resolved. That's, that's not bad. That's not what this scripture is saying. This scripture is actually saying be angry and stay angry. Be angry and stay angry. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. That means stay angry. Stay angry. Just like Joshua said, sun stand still. Why? Because he was unleashing wrath on the enemy. And he was not going to let the sun go down on his wrath that day. So you do not let the sun go down on your wrath toward what? The devil! Neither give place to the devil. Be angry and stay angry at the devil. Be angry and stay angry at evil. Be angry and stay able and stay angry. Be, what did I just say? Be angry and stay angry at that thing that's trying to steal from you, that's trying to destroy your family, that's trying to tear you apart. Stay angry at that. Anger at the spouse is not going to fix it. That's called living in the flesh. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. That's who the real, we're really fighting. But see, the devil wants us looking at each other, acting like it's his fault, it's her fault. That's why we can't stay together. Excuse after excuse after justification after justification. We just talk ourselves right into disobeying God. Quit hearing his voice. We turn our ear from him. Yeah, but you don't know, Pastor Eric, when I'm gone. You don't know what he said. You don't know what she did. I know what the Word of God says. And it doesn't make it as easy to divorce as you think it does. Okay. Did it? Did it? All right, I'll get back out of your life now. Okay. I'm not here to throw rocks at you. I'm here to help you today. We're the light. We're the ones supposed to be fighting for love, fighting for marriage, showing people how to stay married because God's connected to us. Now, if you're here tonight, this morning, you're, you've been divorced, I'm not here to condemn you, all right? It very well could be it's something you couldn't help. I know that kind of stuff happens. I'm not here throwing rocks at you. I'm trying to help you, all right? There might be some of you who are sitting here today who are married who are thinking that way. You, you've bought the lie of the world. Well, we just don't love each other anymore. Hey, you better start loving. It don't work like that. Don't just find any reason to split up. Amen. Anger keeps us in the past. Being angry at the wrong things, it usually starts with some kind of hurt that took place and we get angry about it. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. Every head bowed, every eye closed, please, for just a moment. God loves you. God cares for you. His grace is sufficient for you. He's with you. 
He wants you to know the way of life. He wants you to walk in a way where you have peace and joy all the days of your life. He wants you to have a good, strong family. That's what he designed you for. He created you to have life in that more abundantly. And Some of you here today are angry because you've been hurt and you have not made that choice to forgive and truly, truly forgive. The key word in the word forgive is give. Forgiveness is not something that they can earn from you. It's something that you give to them. Just like Jesus gave you forgiveness. Because if you feel like they need to earn it, if you feel like they need to say they're sorry and grovel and, and, and beg for your forgiveness, then they have not, you've not given forgiveness, they've bought forgiveness from you. But regardless of what people have done or what people have said, and there are some of you here who have been truly hurt. You've been hurt by, by, by people very close to you. You've been hurt by your spouse. You've been hurt by your dad. You've been hurt by your, by your brother, your sister. You've been hurt. And you're angry. But the problem is, is that it keeps you there. It keeps you there in the past. Because that's what your anger is tied to. And so that when you're trying to walk forward, all you're doing is walking into more anger because your eyes are looking back. But you've got to release that. You've got to release that. Well, how do I release that, Pastor Eric? You have to forgive them. That's, that's the releasing factor. Well, how in the world do I forgive them? By faith. Not because you feel like it, because you won't feel like it. But because you choose to. Just like I choose to love my wife and she chooses to love me. We don't always feel like we love each other, but we chose to love. We didn't feel to love. Love is a choice. It's not something you fall in and out of. It's a daily choice. It's a daily choosing. Forgiveness is a choice. God chose to forgive us. Think about that. He chose to just forgive us. He chose to release us of the penalty of sin. He chose to. And the Bible teaches us to be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Ladies and gentlemen, under the law, it used to be that you could not receive forgiveness until you forgave. That's what the law said. But praise God, we live in a different day. <laughs> We don't forgive so that we can be forgiven. We forgive because we have been forgiven. What a greater reality we're living in today. Forgive as Christ has forgiven you. Hallelujah. So because you've been forgiven, ladies and gentlemen, it's only right that we give forgiveness. Some of you are here today, and I, this, is a very, this is a very important to some of you today, and this, this has been a very real and painful thing. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to see the hands of those that are here today that are going to take a step of faith and forgive. Because listen to me, if you'll do this, if you'll truly forgive, then you'll be free of that person. But the longer you hold on to this, they've got to hold on you. And Corey Ten Boom said it well when she said, unforgiveness is like 
you drinking the poison and waiting for them to die. It's only affecting you. It's only robbing you of your future, of what's in store for you, of what God has for you. Between you and me and God today, who would be here today? Who's here today and say, Pastor Eric, I forgive today. I'm letting it go. Hold, hold your hands high for just a moment. Yeah, good, good. You're not, I promise you, you're not alone here. Lots of hands up here. Father, I thank you right now for your grace for those here today who are choosing to forgive. They're choosing life in that more abundantly. They're choosing what you have. They're choosing. And by faith, God, as it's released, I thank you that in the days ahead, though even the feeling of hurt and though even the feeling of resentment and that, that, that anger is still there, that doesn't matter because we walk by faith and not by sight, not by how we feel. We release them today. If you're here today, just say, I release them. Just say, I release them in Jesus' name. I forgive. Say that. I forgive. Everybody in the room, why don't you just say that? I forgive. I choose to forgive. I choose to forgive. I'm not waiting for them. I forgive. Period. Because God has forgiven me. Hallelujah. Now listen, I'm finished with this thought. We cut a few trees down here some time ago on this tree line up by the road because some of them were, well, they're just gnarly looking. So we cut them. And we took them over here to this, this pile. This, there's a little brush pile you can see out there by, the, by that tree line. And, and for days and days, they were green. The leaves were still green. Those, things are, those suckers were dead. But now you can walk out there, you can see all the brown and the, the rust color as they've turned dead. But they were already dead the moment they were cut down. They were done. Their life was over. It was done. But they didn't look dead. When you choose to forgive, man, those feelings are still going to be very much alive. That, that, ugh, that, 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 that lava feeling, you know what I'm talking about, that ugh, feels like boiling on the inside when you even think of that person or say their name. But when you choose to forgive, because they, I'm, I'm here to help you because the, the enemy will try to tell you, well, you didn't really forgive them. What kind of Christian are you? Why do you still feel that way? If you forgive them, you wouldn't feel that way. Chill, devil. All right. I chose to forgive. I didn't choose to feel forgiveness. I chose forgiveness. All right? The feeling will follow the choice. All right? Over time, over time you'll realize that you really did forgive them because you already set your faith to do that. You already made the choice. And, and if you'll stay on that side of it, over time, the sting will go away. The hurt will subside. And you'll enjoy the benefits of forgiveness. You'll enjoy the grace and the, the cool streams of water that forgiveness brings, the times of refreshing that forgiveness can only bring. All right? So be encouraged. Just because you feel like you still feel the hurt, you still feel the pain, does not mean you didn't forgive them. you got to be resolute in your faith. Amen? Amen? All right. Praise God. I love you guys very much. Let's stand together. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Go to onecausechurch.com for locations and events. You can also like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at One Cause Church.